Have you been enjoying the adventures of our characters in Rumble Squad and serviceable plots? Or getting to the nitty gritty rules for the 5th edition? Support us on Patreon. This is Tony, Dungeon Master for D&D Raw. And by contributing as little as $1 per month, you'll get to hear exclusive content and updates before anyone else. Our higher level patrons get access to DM's notes, outtakes from our episodes, and even the chance to add an item or NPC to a D&D Raw episode. Yes, you can hear our silly, out-of-character shenanigans, and even cause some of your own by influencing the story. Our producer-tier patrons listen to our audio before anyone else to give feedback and shape the final episode. And we want to give a special thanks to our producer-tier patron, Johnny Torres, for serving as a producer on this episode. We also want to thank our adventurer-tier and above patrons for their support this month. So thank you, Feral Joe, Grimfuse, a Linux fan, Mosiru, Matt Fry, Mike C., Ryan Glasgow, and Shosuro Ajo. To join this list of outstanding people, go to patreon.com slash dndraw. By joining our patrons, you enable us to dedicate more time to creating episodes. And if you're not able to support D&D Raw on Patreon, we would love it if you leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you. Before we begin, I just wanted to give a special shout out to our most recent iTunes reviewers. So thank you, Toe Robber. Really appreciate the kind words. We try really hard to do what we can. We edit to make it uh, flow as well as possible given the role play and... I appreciate you listening to over a hundred episodes in the past couple of weeks. So thank you again. We really appreciate every kind word, every review that we get. So thank you. On to the show. Next week, we'll have Rumble Squad, episode 29. Join us now for Serviceable Plots, episode 35. This is the world I fear. And with me today are the following players. Hi, I'm Bethany, and I'll be playing Belinda Walsingham, the half-elf awakened mystic. Hi, this is Adam, and I will be playing Akiva Khonshu, the Shadar Kai Hexblade Warlock. Hi, I'm Jane, and I'm playing Nissa Turin, the gnome arcane trickster rogue. Hi, I'm Mike, and I'm playing Scribner Shannon Whitecliffe, the human rogue fighter. Last time, the party fled from the Cult of Tenebris and even defeated their mage, the Coffin, though Akiva lost his familiar Lazarus in the process, and gained the ability to summon specters from Umbra, to the Shadar Kai's complete horror. Scriv, meanwhile, ran ahead and began shouting of the coming attack, as the party was targeted by a hidden cult member in town, announcing that Akiva was a death elf. The party avoided the potential confrontations, and with Belinda's aid, grabbed horses and ran from Mandeville as the town began to be engulfed in flames behind them. As they pressed on, they eventually came to a place of rest, as Aaron and Nyssa shared what they found while in the cult's lair. As the party continued to debrief, Scriv received a message from one of the Deathlocks, taunting him, to which Scriv replied, Good luck. So as you, I guess, returning, I am looking through a book that says Journey to the Abyss. We need to go. What? The Deathlock gave ascending to me. What? cast sending on you he cast sending on me i don't know what that means we need to go what is wait quick what does that mean uh aaron sending is just a message to someone that you are familiar with so that doesn't mean knowledge of location that just just sends it out there into the void don't you have to like actually know the person or it's vague but the concept is be familiar with so kind of if they know your face and have spoken to you for a bit that can potentially work okay i'm very uncomfortable with this right now Usually it's also if you know the other person, you're aware that they are the 
one sending it to you. So yes, uh, Deathlock, you if you it's the one you met, then yes. Did you provoke a Deathlock in particular? I asked to go to the bathroom once. But why would they want to kill you in particular? I may have drawn attention to myself to provide a distraction for a particularly skilled thief to uh, accomplish our mission. Okay, well, don't worry. It'll be fine. I didn't give any information. I didn't, I, I, I... It's okay. They, they don't know where you are with sending. There's no way to find you with sending. Yeah, I guess it's not so much they know our location now, but now we not only know that they have reason to want us dead, but emotional investment in killing Scriv. Is that sounding like what they said? They know we're going to Orenthal. Well, that wouldn't be hard to deduce. Where else would we go? I mean, especially after... I'm sure they checked to see if that tuning fork was still on their person. They know it has to go to Orenthal. They must know who wants it and what he wants it for. So does this mean that they know what we're planning? Possibly. Because at the end of the day, like, that threat means nothing if, you know, we kill Tenebris and they all go poof. Yep, which uh, I think we should remain focused on that as the way to solve the problem because I don't see any other plan that we can execute. Nope, sitting around here and waiting for the crazy Deathlock who knows my face to hunt me down is definitely not a thing that I want to do. So uh, I'm going to start cleaning up any leftover rations and pack them up into a nice little bag and get ready to go. I'm going to be over here. Uh, okay. Can I walk up to Scriv, put my hand on his shoulder and just pull him into a hug? It's okay. It's going to be okay. We're dealing with a lot right now. We just have to deal. Thank you. I, I returned the hug. I just, I don't want Veripol to turn out like I know. Mandeville. During that brief time, as you were uh, scanning through the Journey to the Abyss tome, mm -hmm. you did notice that it comments on uh, several different ways to travel to another plane of existence. If you don't have a tuning fork already attuned to the plane, there are powerful spells known as gate spells that can open up a portal for you. The author of this particular book talks about the infinite layers of the abyss that there's constant like outpouring of demons every powerful entity seems to have their own layer that they command and rule over i assume you would start to look for tenebris's layer yes <laughs> you will with the 20 find commentary on the rotten region and the darkened palace is this possibly one of the books that was missing yes this is one of the books that was missing Okay, so I find all about the Rotten Region, or like an overview at least? You, you find where the Rotten Region is written about. Um, you get a little bit on the Darkened Palace, where Tenebris resides. I'm going to uh, close it and say, Aaron, I know you need to return this to Staff Federation. Would they be sharing this with the Royal Cleric, Darvin? Because I think this is incredibly pertinent to what he's trying to accomplish, which is eliminating Tenebris. I think... So, I mean, I would send them another message, but I don't have enough power right now. Right, uh, no problem. I'm, I'm sure they would. I mean, they want to be helpful. Great. I'm glad you agree. I think we should show this to him when we hand over the tuning fork. Okay, that, that should be fine. Sorry, I just want to make sure I, I do my job right after all that. Right, but you also don't want the world to die. Nope, that's a good point. Let's go. <laughs> Sorry, I know it's hard to win an argument when one person's argument is, but the world will end. So maybe that's a little unfair. I mean, I saw all the undeath back there, so fair call. Yeah. So, Aaron, Nissa, you were both there to do a job. I'm sure you have questions, some of which we can answer, some of which we can't. I think all of us, 
Scriv, Akiva, we're committed to seeing this through to the end. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to do that. We're not going to force you to fight an undead uprising. If you just want to go back to your lives at Orenthal, when we get there, that's probably your safest option. That would be the safest place to be, despite whatever threat they made to you, Scriv. I'm part of the Staff Federation, so... You still have a choice. Everybody has a choice. I don't know where the Staff Federation will send you. I just mean you could go back to your regular life working for the Staff Federation. You don't have to be part of this. We would love your help. This is obviously something that could end in all of us dying, or maybe we're able to eliminate Tenebris and save future towns, and people won't have to live in fear. You guys helped me out, which I will never be able to thank you for, properly. So if I can help in any way, you've got it. I, I'd i like to see an end to these cultists, that's for sure. Yeah, they're the worst. Yeah. We've seen some bad things. Scriv, Akiva, can't confirm. They are the worst. They are the worst. So I'm gathering, like, yeah, little bits of things. I might have a lot of questions. Well, what do you want to start asking? I can't promise we have all the answers, but uh, we have a bit more background, I think. Well, one question for here and now. You were worried about the cultists tracing us through the tuning fork? And I'm going to pull the ring out of my pocket. I picked this up while we were down in the cave. Do you want to check it? Could they trace us through this? I'm a little worried. Oh, okay. Can I take a look at the uh, the ring, Tony? Yeah, make an arcana check. 25. There's no nothing on it to indicate that they would be able to trace it necessarily. I mean, it's, it's an arcane ring. However, it is a ring of protection. Sorry, we do know there are spells that can locate objects, Aaron. I'm sure you know a bit. Nods emphatically. I do have an ability that's for lets me obscure items. That's why I'm holding the tuning fork. I can't fully explain how that works. That was another of my questions. She's got weird brain stuff. It sort of relates to this. You know, the telepathic conversations. Aaron's eyes go wide and her mouth kind of drops. You're like, Saria, you have the power mind stuff like Saria does. The She, she helped Daryl Mavis to help destroy the Whispered Ones back. Okay, okay, breathe. Take a breath. Slow down. You see she's like actively excited about like, oh, that's cool. You see, you haven't heard that story? I mean, I've heard bits from this one, but I wasn't always listening, so. Hey. Sorry, you talk a lot, okay? <laughs> it's fair, but it's about Daryl Mavis. He's your Daryl Mavis, not mine. Yeah, she was part of the group that helped to wipe out the Whispered Ones when they were attempting the coup back in Orenthal about 150 years ago or so. Right. Remember, I told you that story? Because they had they had her, and they had Sildan, and they had Kalima, and they had Tor, and all of them were together. I mean, Daryl talked about it for quite a while, and, you know, he wrote all about it, and she had all those powers that he didn't fully understand because they weren't magical and arcane. Right. Yeah, I remember now. Yeah. Huh. Quick telepathic thing to Scriv. We have heard the name Saria in a different context. I am not ready to share that yet. Agreed. Okay. So you can do stuff like that too? Sort of like that. Yeah, I guess you could say. I think my powers are a little different. Wow. Yeah, I, I actually got my abilities from my deity, Adar. Really? I point to my holy symbol. But you it's not divine powers. No, uh, no, it's not. Interesting. Sorry, I don't mean to, you just don't get to meet anybody who has those brain powers. How did Saria get her powers? I don't know. Daryl never figured that one out. But she certainly wasn't the religious type. 
Oh, no, not as far as I'm aware from the stories I've heard. If they're not divine powers, why would this deity give them to you? It's a question I ask myself every day. We should probably lay a couple cards on the table if we're going to be, if you're going to be part of our family. Which cards were you planning to lay on the table, Akiva? Umbra. Yeah. Basically, literally everything in accordance to me as well. I think you're already compromised, so uh, Aranis, if you were going to betray us, you've got plenty to work with. No intentions to do that. Mm-mm. At least not yet. I mean, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, keep your options on the table. I mean, it's not like we're trying to get together to fight a undead cult or anything, or... Not like the world's going to end. Again. Been 150 years. I wasn't over here when you guys were experienced that, but... Well, we're too young to have been alive, but Scrib, I know you've read about the time of rebuilding. Mm-hmm. Rather not go through that again. Yeah. But what are your questions? What do you want to know? How exactly did you get involved with, like, the world's gonna end? <laughs> Where did it start? Started with a job. I like to think on some level maybe we were divinely guided. Ugh. A little bit. Uh, there's starting to be a couple coincidences that kind of add up. <laughs> not the most religious, Nissa. Nope, not at all. Then ask a better question. Do you believe in coincidences? No. Yeah, then we're on the same page. Okay. Scriv, I know you aren't a fan of coincidences either. No, but if I'd normally cue something up to Adar, I can't exactly do that now if he's taking a hands-off approach to the planes. Well, I think that's why I know you're worried about what, what conspiracy is afoot here. There has to be a reason for everything, yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think the reason won't always be something that tallies with what we expect, though, especially when it comes to, you know, demons who just want power and control and devastation and horror. Yeah. To answer the question, though, like, yeah, it was a job and it kind of got away from us. Or it took us along for the ride. Yeah. We were protecting a VIP and then, well, there were undead. Deathlocks. A port city under attack. It's kind of been that way since. We're just... Okay, maybe not this guy at all. Kind of pointed at Kiwa. We're just regular people. Like, sure, Scriv is great with... I was going to say a sword, but now I'm thinking most things. Scriv is great with most things. Well, thank you. And Belinda is very perceptive and intelligent and has a good mind for a plan. Regular people, says the lady with the brain powers. Wait. Aaron looks at Unison. Uh, Kiva? Isn't he... The person that the... Yeah, she told me about that. Hi, she was looking for you. Yeah, she's a friend from the Shadowfell. That's what she said. Yeah, so... Hi, I was banished by my people. Is that what it was? Yeah, I took on power, hence my patron, Umbra, to save my village from a Darkul attack, and it was forbidden, so I was banished. You were, you were punished for saving your people? Yes. In the wrong way. Yeah. Talor is the only one that was against my banishment. And that includes my parents. Whoa. Very traditional. But, uh, yeah, so, other cards on the table. My patron, Umbra, I was bound to by, and I'll pull out my kopesh this. This is an artifact from my tribe that everybody said, don't touch. But during the Darkul attack, it called out to me, saying it could lend me power to save my people. I don't know much about him. Other than he has a beef with Tenebris. Also, just a forewarning, he has some semblance of control over my memories. Oh, okay. Also, we call him Umbra. Don't know his actual name. Okay, that's might be why I can't think of anything I read on that. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. 
He's got a beef with the gods. Not well, not really a beef, he just doesn't like them. Also, he says he's older than the gods. But there's nothing older than the gods. I mean, the gods made everything. Did they, though? Well, they made everything, but it doesn't mean, you know. Meh. Yeah, uh, so what did the gods do to you? My gosh, I know they're not everyone follows a deity loyally, but they're all different. They've not done a lot for me. Well, not lately, I'm sure, since a year ago. Like ever. What do you mean by that? I don't think they've ever done a lot for me. So why should I kind of give them my time? You didn't have the easiest childhood, huh? No. You don't need to show any sort of respect for them. They continue to be gods even without any worship or praise. They just are. It's like trying to say what has gravity done for me recently and then realize that I haven't flown up into the sky. It doesn't matter whether I say thank you to the ground and I kind of stomp it. It just is something that happens. I see your point, but uh, I mean, if they're out there, why is the world the way it is? Why are the demons coming through? Explain that one to me. Why does bad stuff happen to good people? Yeah. Because that is a foundational part of the world. If only good stuff happened to good people, nothing would ever happen. Here's the thing. The gods are all different. They all have different perspectives and they are not all on the same page. Things are always shifting and changing, but we all still get to make choices for ourselves. And that sounds like something we agree on, Dissa, is we make our own choices. I don't feel bound by what I think my deity wants. I try to be the best version of myself I can, but I'm responsible for what I do. And I can attest to that. I physically was punished for going against what my people believe to be the teachings of my deity. I interpret it differently. So if someone who believed in a deity wronged you in some way, that was their choice. And I'm sorry. And I can't attest to people here in the material plane about their belief system and why they believe in deities. Just from my perspective, he's literally the big guy on the hill. You can go up and have a conversation with him. Yeah, Kiva's had a very unique experience with Desilum. I guess I've kind of ignored them to a certain extent. I haven't really wanted to know after experiences as a child. But I definitely, I want to choose my own path. I don't want to feel like somebody else is doing that for me. Sounds like somebody else here. (laughs) Yeah. I can sympathize with that. Honestly, you've heard what we believe, and we're not here to win you over with that. You know? There's no um, evangelizing. Good, because I had enough of that recently. Really? Oh, and I'll look at your armor. Right, the Yadamine thing. Don't worry, we're pretty quiet and introspective with our uh, prayers. Hey, mine only comes up if somebody dies, so... (laughs) So reassuring, Akiva. (laughs) I wonder what Valen would say. Yeah, I think his perspective is a little different as a uh, representative of a deity. Or, it's complicated. (laughs) We're saying that a lot. Because the world is complicated. There are no easy answers to anything. There are no coincidences. Everything is a conspiracy on some level. And we only have like 10% of the information we need. And lots of things are trying to kill us. This just seems like it's on a bigger level than what we're used to, huh, Nissa? Just a little bit. Mm -hmm. Just a little bit. Oh, so you guys haven't saved the world before. Yeah, neither have we. We seem confident we have never tackled anything like this before, but we have done well, I would say, in the past with what we have been asked to do. I can attest that we have great teamwork. So we just have to figure out what we do next, and it sounds like we're all on the same page, even though, well, I guess last Scriv, you were targeted directly by a deathlock and Orenthal was referenced. Do you think there's any reason that should deter us from going in there right now. If anything, it should make us go faster. We don't know how much of the plan they know. 
I mean, they might be piecing together that we're planning to go to the Abyss. Seems like they were trying to do the same. So, I'm sorry, this day's been kind of a downer, I have to say, but it's not over yet. <laughs> no. So we need to get to Orenthal, get to Canathar, get him to take us to Darvid. Sorry, Aaron, is a Canathar is our contact who gave us this job to get this tuning fork, which I would assume is to get to Darvid because he was already prepping to go to the Abyss and kill Tenebris. You should not know that. Don't tell anyone that. Okay. Aaron's just staring wide-eyed. Just being up front at this point. <laughs> yep, fair, cool. Kill Demon Lord. I think that's more crucial than ever, given what we just saw. And it'll give us the chance to communicate further out from Orenthal, too. It, you know, get information to other places, because we know where they are now, but we don't know where they're going next or where they already are. This might not be the only town like this. Pretty sure they're not in Verpool, though. I think Jack would know. Exactly. He's got a pretty good sense for uh, undead, I believe. Yeah. Well, at least that's one small thing. Sorry, Jack is Scrib's uh, father, who's a paladin. Okay. I like Scrib's dad. He's, he's a lot of fun. So is Scrib's mom. Akiva, you like parents in general. You've heard of my parents. You've met mine. So I think... We're ready to shove off. Is everybody rested? Recovered? Arid, you're okay? As rested as I'm gonna be, yeah. Okay. Until I get a, I would say good night's sleep, but a night's sleep. You need several. I'm gonna get like one of the spare satchels that we have and just kind of toss some incense in there. Are there any other components that we can just cobble together so she has a component pouch? I mean, if anyone's got like a, a piece of cured leather, that would be nice. Or a feather from an animal. Oh, they say Scrooge just yanks off a piece of his armor. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I do that. Just kind of tear off a piece of cured leather. I'd be rummaging through as well, see if I've got anything, because I pick up all sorts, so. Does anyone have a feather or something, or maybe some gum Arabic? I have a disguise kit, so I have some gum Arabic on me. I have feathers. She'll kind of, like, scrounge up what she can for the spells that she currently has prepared, because all of her other spells are gone right now. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure the Staff Federation will get you a new spell book. Yeah, 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 that's not. And huh, the Copper Wire also works for my message spell, too, so that'll be useful. Oh, do you still have the ring on you? Oh, points to Nyssa. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, just uh, take it back. Mm-hmm. All right. This uh, ring of protection, would it be all right if I hold on to this for now? Since I'm carrying the tuning fork? Yeah, sure. So you guys are getting back on the horses and pressing on? Yeah. I think so. As you guys are traveling along the road, it is dark out. Got a few stars in the sky. So, problem. Y you you don't have dark vision. Nope. And he's controlling the horse. <laughs> yep. We don't have any way to light our way beyond, like, torches, right? I have a bullseye lantern. It can light the path far enough to see our horse, and I can see fine. Yes, that's all you need to do. Okay, cool. Then I'll light the bullseye lantern. You continue to ride. The light kind of bounces around a bit as you're riding, but you give enough light that you can see ahead of you. Perfectly fine. As you are riding, you do hear, coming from the direction you're headed in, actually, the sound of a lot of galloping horses heading in your direction. Maybe we kind of pull to the side? Yeah, give them right of way. As you initially hear it, you do see a contingent of cavalry ride right past you. Should we try to waylay them and share any further information? I don't think there's much they need to know. Nope. Go forth. Do battle. Yeah. 
Basically, just one of them kind of goes up ahead and seems to be checking the overall path to make sure no one's in the way. He has a, a torch in his hand as he's riding, and he sees you off to the side and just kind of just initially gives a hand gesture of, like, stay to the side before continuing on. You see they are all wearing the colors of the red and silver of Orenthal. So uh, as we're riding along, so uh, I know we've talked about horrible world ending things. Does anyone like trivia? Uh, sure. What? I do. Do you know why they call these horses brownies? Why? One theory is because they're brown. I have to be honest, that's the prevailing theory. I could have thought that, maybe. But there's a legend that they originally come from the Feywild. Really? Huh. Fey horses. Yep, but it's Fey blood that runs through their veins and makes them faster and stronger. Hey, they're just like us then, because we came from the Feywild. You mean those of Elven heritage? Yeah, at some point. Yeah, I mean, I don't know many people that come directly from the Feywild. But then again, who else do you know that comes directly from the Shadowfell? Not many people, it's true. She knows too. And I'll point to Nissa. Yeah. Telepathically to Scriv and Akiva. Are we keeping private the, I don't want to say reveal, because we don't know what it means yet, about Scriv and- Please. Yes? Okay. Yes. That is his information. I wasn't gonna- Yeah, I, I just thought it was worth confirming. Okay. Can I ask a question about Talori? About Talori? Yeah. She seemed like she was holding up okay. She was very serious. How was she handling her emotions? She didn't seem like she had all that many. I don't mean to be rude to you, your friend. I'm sorry. No. The Shadowfell suppresses all emotions. So when I first arrived, it, it took a while to adjust to, to actually being able to understand what I was feeling. Yeah, I got that impression about where you're from. I don't know all that much about it. But she seemed okay, and... She did converse with us somewhat about, you know, where you're from, and yeah. She asked lots of questions about emotions, or words that were the emotion. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a foreign concept. How long have you been on this plane? Year and a half. Okay. Um, and I still have trouble dealing with certain things. Anger's a new one. Oh, see, I kind of like anger. Um, it's kind of a fun one. You focus it. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like that takes a little bit of training to do. The first time I uh, wanted to really, really hurt uh, a tiefling lady, and it kind of just burst. I mean, that happens. It's not always a bad thing, you know, if somebody's, somebody's done something terrible to you. It never felt like pressure and like heat and like, I guess, rage like that before. So it was weird. Uh, living here, you're probably going to experience that a few more times. I'm starting to get that. Get used to it, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. We can help you with it, though, you know? Yeah, thank you. Sounds like you kind of want him to indulge in it, though. If my studies in Kakos taught me anything, it's that you should try and temper that anger rather than letting it drive you. I recommend meditation for dealing with your emotions, you know, to process things, apply reason, rational thought. Put it in a box. Well, eventually you have to open those boxes. <laughs> you just shove the emotions really far down. I don't know that that's a good long-term solution. I no? can attest to that. It is not. Hey, I've survived till now, haven't I? Maybe if you shove it down long enough, you eventually just stop feeling everything. And that's not a way to live. I know this is something we're not all going to agree on. I think emotions are something that gives us information about the world. It's something we can process and evaluate to determine if they are useful to us. If your anger is useful, then... I don't see a problem with it. It can be a great motivator, but if it leads to 
blind rage and bad decisions, then I wouldn't indulge in that at all. I'm just saying, at least let yourself feel something every now and again. Scrib, I know your dad's had conversations with you about your emotions specifically. He has suggested that perhaps setting them aside and pushing them deep down and focusing on the mission is the most important part of dealing with things. Well, you know, my viewpoint is an entirely different. I do believe in not indulging when you can put them aside to get the job done, but eventually you have to come back to that. They don't just wait for you. They fester. <laughs> yeah, it's a work in progress. Yeah, and uh, like I've said before, there's a lot of things I trust Jack with, but guidance for your emotional well-being is not what I would uh, rank his judgment as the highest. Well, that's why mom's around. Yeah, she's got a, a good handle on her emotions. Your mom is very emotive. Very expressive. Yeah. Ew. Not a big fan of uh, emotional expressiveness, then? Sorry, that slipped out. No, it's kind of, you know, just like, ew. Uh-huh. Not used to having great expressions of joy and hope and fear and anger all just out there. <laughs> no. More of a subtle sarcasm is your style? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Seems to be working. So far. Quite well. Thank you. Eventually, you're going to have to deal with stuff. Why? Because I think you have a lot of life ahead of you. Are you sure about that after recent events? Whew. You seem like a survivor to me. I try. She's scrappy. And that's your best friend talking about you? She's allowed. Oh, okay. I can mock her. Yeah, she's the only one allowed to do that. Duly noted. No mockery of any kind. Especially not sarcasm. No, we hate sarcasm here. Can't abide it. Is that like the catty comments we made about Bistan during the play? Yes, Akiva, that would be in the vein of mockery. You know, just being derisive in general. And we did that purely for our own amusement, to be clear. I think that's what this is talking about. Okay. I said Bistan is literally the worst. Everyone knows a Bistan. Scrib, tell her about yours. He is loud. He does not do any of his work. Uh, he thinks that he's the god's gift to everyone and everything. Ugh. And he's very bad at, at writing plays. They are very bad. For reference, Scrib, usually when you're trying to sell somebody on a concept, you try to list the worst thing last. Was that the worst thing? The bad playwriting? <laughs> yeah, because he doesn't listen to any sort of criticism and he doesn't make any improvements. It's just kind of the same story over and over about a beleaguered artist who tries to overcome. It doesn't matter if the artist is like a jogging troll or if it's like a bombastic bugbear. It's always the same archetype. A jogging troll? Really? Yes, that, that was his last work. The, the one we went in and mocked. I understand the mocking. Maybe one day you too can visit my homeland and meet my people. And openly mock Bastan. He is just the worst. Actually, I have a question. So, Nissa, you're from Orenthal. Are there people you'd want to see? Um, I need to go check in with a contact, yeah. But otherwise, no. Speaking of Orenthal, how close are we now, Tony? You can see the city walls in the distance. And you're approaching it. Okay. Remember we have to go through the gates again? Papers, all that. So, can we not- we'll try to be calm and not be freaked out and stressed and talk about how we need to talk about a world-ending crisis. Uh, I don't have my papers. Wait, what? I don't have anything. Shoot. Shoot, I wish we thought about this earlier. Scriv, could you put something together? Uh, we'd have to stop. How long would it take? About an hour. And I would need her to walk me through just 
basic identifiers, I could probably come up with something that helped get us past a guard at midnight. I just don't want to make any stink, but maybe we just make a stink. We just make trouble. Can't you just flash your credential thingies and they let us through, Belinda? We all had papers last time. Yeah, but if this is an emergency, wouldn't those credentials prove, hey, I am of someone of importance and this is an important thing that needs to happen? I don't think so. Okay. Can I pull out the extra templates that I made when I was writing out religious pilgrim paperwork for Akiva and... Yeah, to make the visas instead of, like, full passports. You can sketch something like that a little bit quicker. So I need a... Basically, calligraphy with dexterity. 21. Scriv, with great precision, you... You're able to get off the horse, you kind of pull off to the side, and uh, able to fill out the form for Aaron. I endorse it. I mentioned Scriv's good at a lot of things, but this is the thing he's best at. Is this legal, or is this... As long as her stamp is on it, it's legal. Wait, you can stamp this? Yep. She's a notary. All right. I guess we're all set. Oh, wait. What religious pilgrimage is she on? Put full of deer. God of magic? Might as well. As long as you're able to answer questions about it, good enough for me. He's the god of magic and art, and he makes pretty things. Does that work? Since we're both riding on the same horse, I'll give her just like a basic primer to maybe help. All right. You guys are aware you are coming from the southern entrance of Orenthal, the one that enters into the low hills. Getting up to the gate, you uh, approach the guards there who are holding up torches to kind of inspect and see what you're doing. The gates are closed right now, um, considering how late it is, but they go and check over the paperwork. I hand everything over, say we're returning to the city. We left a few days ago. They recognize your name Belinda they look over everybody's paperwork they check up on things and just you know it, it's better not to arrive when the gates are closed in the middle of the night that would have been our preference yeah all right and he kind of waves uh towards the guards towards the top and after a moment through the gates inch open a bit um just enough that you can all pass through uh they do take your horses and make a note of your names and so that they will be stabling them for you thank you so are these basically our horses now? These are raised for the military. They belong to the government. So no, these are not ours. These are government mounts. We stole government horses, yes! Sorry. <clears throat> we borrowed them. They double check that you have everything on your person before taking the horses away. I'm gonna say we're going to the Hypnotic Night Tavern in the Gold Puddle Gardens district. That is where our uh, contact Kanathar uh, has been staying. Hopefully he can get us in to see Darvin right away. Any opposition? None from me. No? Aaron shakes her head. You know what? I'm going to go along with the flow. All right. Let's go then. Keep an eye out, because I think we have to go through some bad neighborhoods to get there. Hey, that's my neighborhood. <laughs> Perception checks. Six. Eight. Seven. Seven. <laughs> you guys are proceeding through the low hills uh, in order to make your way towards the main road that leads towards the Gold Pillow Guards District. As you guys are walking through... Looking around, studying everything, it is very quiet. Nissa, you're used to this kind of quiet, but after a moment or two of traveling through the streets, you hear a soft click of a crossbow being loaded, and a figure steps in front of all of you. Hooded, cloak, keeping his face concealed, but you do see a dagger in hand. And you just uh, drop everything you have, all your coin. Anything of value, 
at your feet. I'll kind of look at everybody. Want me to take this or you would you like to? I'd nod my head and just kind of take a step to the side after you. Okay, I'm going to lower my hood. I'm going to take off my mask. Oh, honey. Yes, I understand we have crossbows on us. Not from you, but you really don't want to do this. We've just had to kill a couple demons. Do you really think this sniveling little display is going to intimidate us? Roll an intimidation check. Seven. He just goes, your call. By your own free will or by force. I'm going to do my occluded mind ability, Tony. So that's going to be an intelligence saving throw. If he fails, I get to give him a statement he has to believe for the next five minutes. What is the statement? Death elf. Friend, you want to give safe passage. So quickly telepathically, I'll say he's going to think Akiva is an old friend. He's going to give us safe passage through here, but it only lasts five minutes, so we should walk fast. Oh, my friend, please, everyone, you can you can all stand down. I, I know him. Can I count the weapons that have been trained on us now that they're all relaxing and hopefully coming out of the shadows? Um, He's rolling a persuasion check. Oh, no. He might not be the one in charge. Darn it! <laughs> we have an additional ally in our fight with the dark. Well, yes, because I need you all to roll initiative now. You'd be treating it as a surprise round then, right? You can't be surprised, so you get to go during this round. The guy who is appearing behind you, he is going to fire a crossbow bolt at Akiva, hitting you in your back shoulder and dealing eight points of piercing damage. Belinda, you, sensing what was about to happen, are able to react instinctively and go this round. I am going to target that guy with a hammer of inquisition. So that's going to be an intelligence saving throw. I'm only spending one point. Fails. He takes six points of damage. And I'm just going to say, we don't have any interest in this. We just want to leave. So you focus and he recoils slightly from the strike. It hurt, but still seems overall fine. I'm trying not to kill them right now because I know Scrib will be very upset and disappointed. So it seems not all of them were ready to... Um, fire for the surprise round, but three others do shoot, and all three do hit Akiva. So in total, as three more bolts shoot out Akiva, one slices your arm, another one stabs into your leg, the third one kind of slices across your shoulder, you take an additional 11 total points of damage. So, out of the surprise round, back at the top of the round, Scriv. I am going to run around the group drawing Hunter's Moon, kind of give Akiva once over as I run past him to cover his flank, and I'm going to engage with one of the bandits in the shadow building. One of the ones that fired off to your left. Got it. I'm doing non-lethal melee damage, focusing on neutralizing his combat ability. So, you can make an attack roll. That is an eight. So you go and, and swing, trying to take him out, and he just backs away as you swipe at air. I'm going to just use my bonus action to try and keep him off balance and help Akiva with his next melee attack against this target. Akiva, you are aware that he seems to be trying to open up uh, the bandit for an attack from you, if you wish. All right, so the guy who fired first shakes his head a bit, will drop the crossbow, pull out a mace, and start to move closer. Nissa, being at the back of the group, he's taking two swings at you first one he swings and you duck out of the way as it swipes above your head he goes to swing again and you just dodge to the side as the mace cracks into the ground beside you you notice all these guys are hooded cloaked trying to kind of conceal themselves as much as possible belinda you're up 
So that's the guy I already targeted before. He's now run up and tried to smash Nissa to death with a mace. Yep. In that case, I am going to turn to him again and say, you didn't listen the first time. You do not want to fight with us. We are here working for the Empire. We just want to leave. And I'm going to do Hammer of Inquisition for five points. So that's an int save. That is a five. So full damage. 29 points of damage. As the mace comes down and you begin to speak these words, he looks up towards you. You see his eyes go wide. His body kind of stiffens. Blood just pours from his eyes and he collapses to the ground. For the sake of what just happened, roll an intimidation check for me. It's a 19. Okay. Any bonus action or movement? Can I step between Akiva and this guy who's waving a mace? I know I can't get between him and Nissa. The mace guy's dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I want to just sort of move up to there. Oh, to where his body is? Yeah. And try to look dramatically threatening standing over him. Okay. I do not see this right now from where I am positioned. Nope. The building actually blocked your line of sight. Also, Nissa, this is the first time you've ever seen Belinda's abilities at work. You just saw her yell at this person, and then he just collapsed, blood pooling from his eyes, nose, and ears. I'm stood there. That's gross, but so cool. The guy that Scriv is tangling with did not see that. And so he is focusing on the person, actively attacking him. He is dropping his light crossbow and pulling a scimitar out and is going to take a swing at you. He swings and you just duck out of the way. Then it goes to this guy who was back behind, kind of looking around and just saw his friend drop turn and beat it. It's Aaron's turn. You see her focus on her hands and a small mode of flame kind of appears in her hands and she seems to be holding it. Akiva. So the guy in front of me is my friend. I'm going to go ahead and turn to the guy to my right, run up to him. So I will cast Hex on him. First, I am going to go ahead and attack him with my Kofesh. 27 hit. Yeah. All right. So that is a total of 17 damage with six necrotic. Quick swipe. His head rolls across the ground. And I will just shout to the rest, I told you, we've killed demons. You don't want this. Do I see that one? There's dim light everywhere, but there's enough that he still would have seen it. Yes. Additional movement? I am just going to back up a little bit and cover Aaron. Okay. The one that also had shot at you already, Akiva, is going to peek out and fire again. He fires, but you are ready for it this time. As you're stepping back, the bolt flies out in front of you. Your friend is then going to run up and around you and kind of like put himself between you and that crossbowman and just go, what are you doing? They're friends. Nissa, you're up. I'm going to just stay where I am and I will send magic missile out to this guy over here if I can see him. You can see him. The one who's lurking. I'm assuming all three are going at him? Yes, please. So what's the total? 12. As three bolts go out, one cracks into those ribs. The second one kind of hits him dead in the stomach. The third one hits the back of the neck. And there's a little bit of a crunch as he collapses to the ground. Meanwhile, the other two that were way back that had not fired yet are bolting. Yeah. Scriv, you are face to face with this one still. I just kind of push back, bonus action, disengage. I just kind of look back horrified and I see just a head lolling in the street. What are they I'm going to walk out and I'm going to see all the carnage around us. You see three dead bodies. One of them just collapsed behind Nyssa. One is collapsed over in a corner. The other one is 
basically directly in front of you now without a head. I do nothing. I just kind of stand there, stunned. Okay, Belinda. Okay, who's left? This one guy that Scriv was going after and your friend. I'm going to see there's not much I need to do besides take out my dagger and walk around the corner just to make sure that guy is leaving. So I'm going to walk back to where Scriv was. Roll intimidation for me if you're not doing anything else. And I'll say, you need to leave now. (laughs) That's a total of 26 with a natural 20. Nice. You see, he's initially going after Scriv, drops his scimitar and just, uh, yeah, fine, bye. And just uses whatever alleys he can and just bolts full speed away from you. You are out of initiative. This is going to loot those bodies, is it, she? (laughs) Yes, please. (laughs) How is our friend reacting to three of his dudes just being murdered? He just, he's looking around a bit in shock. I don't know what, I understand you're defending yourself, but. We had to, yeah. Of course. No, no, let's, let's get you out of here, like, quickly. No, you didn't have to. I think we should leave. I think you should too. Some friends. No, come on. I'll, I'll help you out. Let's go. And he seems to be trying to put, like, he puts an arm, like, on Akiva's shoulder and seems to be trying to guide you out. Scriv, we did what had to be done. I do not want to hear that right now. I'm walking ahead. So you're following behind Akiva? Yeah. So Nissa, you're searching the bodies? Yes, please. Roll investigation. 23. Uh, you find some coin on them. Overall, a total of equivalent of 15 gold. Something that you see, Nissa, though, on each of them is a paw print tattooed. <gasps> Aaron's sticking with you nearby, by the way, and are you good? No, I'll tell you later. Yeah, yeah, come on, come on, come on. Mm-hmm. So you guys are proceeding. It doesn't take you too long. It's because you guys were already near the edge of the low hills as it was. After a certain point, I'll probably be like, thank you, buddy. I think we can take it from here. I'll see you next week. Yes, please. Stop by any time. Like, we'll... Make sure to drink on, on me after all this, especially. Ah, no worries. You know I always try to pay for my own stuff. All right, well, bye. We gotta go. <laughs> you are out of the low hills. Is everybody okay? Physically, at least? I got hit a couple times, but I'm pretty okay. Do you want me to heal you up a little bit? I can do that with the life's blade. Wouldn't a- be opposed to any. <laughs> yeah, here, I can do that. You get 11 points of healing. How are you holding up, Scriv? You killed all those people. No, not all of them. Only those who left us no choice. What did you expect me to do, lay down and die? Hit them enough so that they go away. They're bandits. They're just after coin. That's it. You scare them off and prove that it's not worth dying for. This is the low hills. They don't always go away. Sometimes you have to. Sometimes it's kill or be killed. I know. I live here. I think this is point is this isn't bearable. Not everything can be rational or reason. Some people respond to violence, and I think your point of just scaring them away... That is what we did. We tried as best we could, but we were in a life or death situation. It was either fight and fight to kill or be killed. Blood calls for blood. Who knows who those people work for? I know who they work for. I'll deal with that. Who do they work for? They work for the Shadow Wolves. They made a choice. They chose violence. We answered with violence, yes. But that has always been our way. That is always what we have done. We avoid fights, but when it happens, we end it quickly and efficiently with limited loss from us because I choose us over them. That's what I... It's not a choice you've had to make personally yet. I know. All of us have. We don't enjoy doing it. I don't enjoy having to kill people, but it's the alternative to dying. You don't take pleasure in it. No. There had to have been a way. We could have just ran. Honestly, Scriv, 
yeah, you could have outrun them. I couldn't have. Neither could I. I couldn't have. And if we'd have run from them, there'd have been others. Here's the thing. Sometimes you can't make the right choice. You have to make the best choice. Shadow wolves usually don't try to just, you know, push people down for money. Not normally, no. So I don't think that's what this was about. No. I don't know what this was. I think the shadow wolves have been compromised. You think someone's infiltrated them? At this point, who knows? Let's just, let's get to the Adamantine Palace and just finish the job. Get somewhere safe. I don't want to give you false comfort that we get somewhere, we get a nice safe bed, and we don't have to worry anymore. This is the world I fear. This, for everyone. That's what we're trying to prevent. Right now it's just us, shouldering this burden. Okay. Sorry, Scriv. I know comfort would feel better than this, but... Just give me some time, okay? Yeah. We understand that. Thanks. And that is where we're going to leave this episode for today. Thank you all for listening. Please share this with your friends and follow us on Twitter at Rules as Written, or check out our website at dndraw.com. And feel free to email any questions to the DM at dm at dndraw.com. Also subscribe and leave us a review or comment anywhere podcasts are found. And please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw. Later. Thank you.